0: Hi there! You're listening to the 247 Girl Boss podcast, and I'm your host, Ola. In this podcast, we discuss the successes, failures, and pivotal moments that make the career change journey worthwhile. Expect to have a few laughs, be encouraged, and get equipped with the mindset, tools, and resources required on the journey to finding the careers you love and making a difference where you live. All right hello everybody welcome to another edition of um, the 247 girl boss podcast as you know on this show we like to have career conversations with trailblazing women who have experiences and nuggets to share with our community that will hopefully help answer some of the burning questions in your heart and today we have Mrs. Morenike Ajayi in the house. She is the CEO of um, Career Nuggets. And she has a couple, we, have, we will have some interesting conversations. Thank you, Morenike for joining us today. We're really glad to have you here.
1: Thank you, Ola, for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. Thank you. So let's get right into it. First off, I'm going to reel off some, um, some awards here. We have the Wise Women Award of 2019. We have the National Diversity Award of 2017. We have the Women for Africa winner, career women of 2017 as well. And this is just three out of a list of so many other awards. You are a financial director. You are also doing a um, TV show on Sky. How do you, and you actually have a day job. How do you make it all work? What is the passion? What is the drive that is making you who you are and propelling you to do all these things that you're doing?
1: Um, I think it's really, hmm, that is loaded. You know, when you reeled all that out, I'm thinking, is that really me? (laughs) (laughs) But I think what gives me joy and fulfillment in life is when I see other people being successful, when I see them living out their full potentials and I see them flourishing. Too many times I've seen people managing the day, you know, just getting by. And I know that they're not happy when you see somebody, for example, who has been uh, maybe struggling to get a job, when they get a job, you, you just see that light. And I think it's that. But how did I start um, having that kind of feeling? It, it, it was really from my childhood. So um, I was born in Wales. I, my dad left me when I was about 18 months. So single-handedly raised by my mom which was great until when I was nine and she decided to go back to um, her country, oh, Nigeria. <laughs> and um, hear me say her country, because I'm Welsh. I was born in Wales, so I'm Welsh. <laughs> but sincerely, we got there. She wanted to be amongst the family. So that area was very remote and very rural. Mm-hmm. And her being a nurse, the long and short of it was that we didn't have basic amenities. Growing up was very hard financially. Um, it was a struggle but one thing my mom always said was that you need to have your education if you have your education it would open doors and you wouldn't live in this poverty so she homeschooled me and I got into one of the secondary schools that you know one of the top secondary schools and but when I got there I realized that even now I'm in the right environment to acquire the best I had a lot of things to deal with emotionally so I was I was out of my depth. I was amongst um, affluent people. So I couldn't find my place. I was kind of, I had a complex, I was struggling. And these are some of the emotions that people, I I realized that people hold on to. And it means that they can't really um, flourish. So having been through that journey myself, and I realized that I need to take reins of my career. Then I started seeing myself, once I let go of all the emotional baggages I was carrying, I was able to progress, I was able to be focused, I was, I, I started enjoying life, enjoying my work, enjoying myself, and I realized where I'd be making mistakes, and I felt, why do I keep, why should I keep all this to myself? Let me see how I can put something together and share this with, um, with others, and that's how I get the energy, especially when I see that I'm kind of liberating others, bringing the best at others, and that's, how I found myself doing all the different things you, you you've said. And it's quite um, rewarding when you see that people appreciate it and they nominate you for awards. And because a lot of these awards, I'm not aware of it until I get the notification and I'm thinking, is what I'm doing, does it really count? Then you find out that you win. And, and I think there's an immense joy in that. I'm a very private person, but yes, doing my own bits highly driven, highly passionate about seeing a a change in the marketplace generally, because when I was going through my career journey, there's some roles that you just don't see diversity at all. Um, When you're all starting at entry level, it looks very diverse, but the higher you move up that diversity really disappears. And I just thought there's no point complaining about it. I've got to, you know, somebody's got to address it. And I saw myself as that person, I can't do it all, but the momentum has gathered. We've been running for five years and now I see quite a lot more um, organisations and things out there doing the same and I think together that would have an impact on the marketplace and what we're really saying is, it's not just about, yes, my focus is BAME but um, black and minority ethnics, but it's actually um, equality for all that everybody can access. Once they put the hard work in, they can access the same right? And I want to be able to not just say it, but be a role model. So I'm living it. So I have written two books. I have my TV show. I am a finance director. I'm an accountant. I'm a family person. That's me. So if anybody comes to me, I'm a bit of a tough cookie. What is your excuse? Because, you know, I've lived it. And I know that everybody, I have to drop this in. I'm a Christian. So I believe in the grace. So the grace is definitely there for me. So th- that's about me. <laughs> <With> that. <laughs> Thank
0: you. I want to touch on what you just said about the emotional journey and um, the complexes that we have in our heads. And that resonates really with me because you start off in an organization and you just feel there are little uh, minions talking in your head, telling you how you're not good enough, how you shouldn't bother to apply for this, how they've already decided who is going to get it. Those thoughts are just running in your head and it's, it's a limit. it limits you. Then when you, even when you are then pushed to go for it and you go for it and you get it, when you're in the role itself, then the imposter syndrome comes in. I'm soon going to be caught out. Somebody's going to find out that I'm not really good enough to do this. How did you cope with that? What What were the techniques? What did you do? What was the tweak that just clicked in your in your brain that might help somebody else to make that transition and start going for
1: things? Okay, so like I said, I have probably experiences for all these um, different things and I just want to give a little story in terms of I shared um, where I had very low self-esteem very shy as a matter of fact most of my secondary school mates hardly remember me even though I was in a boarding school Um, I was so no everybody just couldn't you know nobody recognized me or remembered me and then when I finished I came back to the UK and I stayed with my cousin and then she told me that you have to go and work in one of those restaurants like your McDonald's, and there's nothing wrong with all those places. But I just felt, I, I, just, I just can't do that. And she said, what you're wanting, you can't achieve it. You have to go and retrain. But one thing I did was, and I think everybody should do it is that I researched because if I had just done what she told me, that itself is a limiting mindset. That's only coming from one source. Mm-hmm. When you research, you find out that there's a wealth of knowledge out there. Now, research is not just about finding the information, it's also about connecting with the right people. Surround yourself with the right people so that you can get the right information, and you need the work is really down to you as a person. So, in my case, I researched and I realized that my first degree was computer science. I had a second class lower. That um, was fine, but For what I wanted for my research, I wanted to become an accountant. And at the time, I couldn't afford the training. So there were roles then that they're called graduate trainee roles, and they will pay for your training, you progress through all of that. All those roles require you to have a minimum of a second class upper from one of the Russell universities. And the reason being is this was in 1993 and you start on the roll around twelve thousand, but when you finish it's a four-year program you're on 40. and it means as you're passing your papers you get progressed and and the structure is really great you get exposed to all the accounting um, areas so naturally that sounded like an impossible place for me to go because you need to have um you know a first class or a second class upper but one thing I did tell myself is, and, and, and I have to draw my Christian values, is about positive confession. I just had to say, the people working there, they, they, they're just human beings like myself. If I don't put myself forward, how would I, then I'm not giving myself a chance. And I think there's so many opportunities out there. Sometimes we are our, our greatest, um competition in a way or we defeat ourselves before anybody has so we tell ourselves I can't do it and nobody's really said that like you said it's those voices so sometimes you just have to shut those voices which I did so despite the criteria was you know I didn't meet it I put myself forward I must have done over 70 applications and eventually I got through um got through the final stage and I still didn't get the job but I didn't stop there I went back for feedback but I didn't go to your average HR, I went for the chief executive, because I believe that he can make a decision, he can wave things, he can make it happen. And I think some of the things that we just need to do is we need to believe in ourselves. Everybody out there, because you said you've got mainly women. So I say every woman out there has a lioness in there, And you need, it's your responsibility to find it and let it leash out. So you need to be bold, you need to take those steps, you need to be audacious, you need to just um, trust yourself and just go for what you wanted. So I went to the chief exec and I told him, I said, I really want this role. He said, well, we take only one graduate every um, year. And I said, okay, I'll be back the following year. And thank God I went back and he was there and I winked and he winked and it was done deal. That's how I started, I got on the role that, I wasn't really qualified for and I think the tips I want to tell people is research whatever you find out that you're no different to anybody out there but what you need to do is put yourself forward and there's a saying for women particularly we don't put ourselves forward until we think we can do more or less 90% or 100% of a role now when there's an advert there, everybody I would never recruit anybody that can do 100% of the role why they're not gonna be challenged they're not gonna really want to stretch somebody who can only do maybe about 80% of the role, they want to prove a point. So they're going to give me beyond what I want. And I think that's the tip. So if I'm saying that I want to recruit somebody that has only 80% of the role, then the competition isn't as fierce as people think. Because men would apply if they can do 60% of the role. So you can do 80%, put yourself forward. Don't wait until you can do 100%. And I think that's the real... So the tips for me is I put myself forward. I talk about what I want, so I reach out to people. I have no problem reaching out to somebody that I think can help me. And this comes from me um, reaching, um, doing my research. And I also network with people. And I try and surround myself with the people that can keep me motivated and keep me challenged. Because those voices, even in my role, those voices always come up. But if you if you, if you, you, know, constantly develop yourself, um, research, join professional networks, surround yourself with the right people, those voices would dim out and what you'll be hearing is more positive um, things. So that's what I did to shut those voices and put myself forward because I wasn't, um, I didn't go to a Russell University, but you know, all the qualifications I've had, I've never paid a dime. So my accounting was paid for, my MBA was paid for, my Prince 2 was paid for, nice residential course, or my Cranfield University leadership course was paid for, so honestly, there are opportunities. If I can get it, anybody can. Just go it.
0: <laughs> do you know why I'm laughing? I literally not uh, not more than an, an hour ago, I had this conversation as well uh, with one of my um, sisters. I I said, do you know that I don't, I can't remember the last time I had to pay for any anything because before I even need it, you do all the research. You will find out what's going where. How can you make it a mutually beneficial relationship for you and the person that's giving? You absolutely yeah, yeah uh, uh, thank you for that, that is, i think it's really invaluable because people kind of hold themselves back and think that i don't have the money i'll never have the money i can't get a loan. But there are actually opportunities that you don't need money for it's just stepping up to the plate thank you um so there are people that are working now um uh, they're in the place of work and they want to move but they can't just move right now they but there's somewhere, and I always I, I say that where you are, you've got to make the best of it. Some people don't even some people don't want a um, are happy with a nine to five. They're not looking to start a business. They they just want to climb the ladder as best as they can. How does somebody, perhaps they they're currently working in, a, in an essential? They don't really they like the company. They just want to stay there, but they still want to climb that ladder. Mm-hmm. How do you start climbing that ladder? What are the tips? What do you do to put yourself out there such that someone will see that actually, this person is an invaluable resource in my organization. And this person has more potential than than he or she is actually um, producing at the moment. How do you get yourself to the point that people are advocating for you? You have sponsors advocating for you. You have people advocating for you because your value is just seen by everyone. They just know that you are hot cake, for want
1: of a better word. Okay. So I guess that's the position that a lot of people want to find themselves. Um, A lot of it is down to the individual. So in a workplace, acquiring skills and experience is the lowest of anything you need. That's the bare minimum. If you're doing any job, you must have the skills to do it. And you gather the experience. But what it is that will make you stand, you have to think of something that will make you stand out. And for me, it is the hard work, but but being intentional about how you do this hard work. So you deliver your work excellently. You're proactive in what you do. And not only that, you have the mindset about what is good for the organization. And I can only put this... um, in an example. So so I run mentoring groups for people that want to do such. Um so and I give them tips on what to do. So one of the one of just we finished it now. I used to run a movie club and when COVID came up and and we made it very interactive. We did a lot of quizzes via um Slido. We used you know we used Zoom in a creative manner. But I you got one of my mentees to you know anchor that. Now, when she got to work, being that everybody was working from home, her manager at work, she's an accountant, her manager at work was like, I don't know how we're gonna have a team meeting. Um, It's gonna be very difficult. She was able to share with them that we can actually use Zoom. Now you'd have thought that an executive director would know about Zoom, but not only that, she was able to use the functionalities about, so she being an accountant, this is something that ideally the IT department should do. But she now led, the, she, got, she got them to do Zoom, they had breakout rooms, then she ran a quiz using Slido. For me, she's gone beyond her role. She's found an, a problem in the organization and she, so, she solved it. The, team, the result of that was the executive director sent her an email thanking her for the wonderful idea and leading it. So they got her to also um, support the team in doing the national because the organization is a national company. So they had people working in different zones and she was able to do that. What am I saying? Her last um, appraisal, she got outstanding, which is they only give about two people in the organization. Now, the outstanding she got wasn't because of the accounting work she was doing. But she, she went beyond the call of duty to do something else. A lot of people have projects going on in their organisations. Volunteer yourself, put yourself forward. Yes, you've got to do your own job and do it diligently well and get it right. But where there's an opportunity it could be accommodation project. It could be um, we want to... Um, Do something on communication just they're they're always looking for volunteers put yourself forward another gap um thing i told another mentee of mine was there's a lot of diversity issues going on and people organization want to do things i said suggest a lunch and learn so where people have their lunch breaks that one hour is valuable you can bring um senior leaders in the industry round to just share their experience and that can inspire people she started doing that she spared at that in the organization and it's created a lot of buzz. and people are more positive they think oh the organization is actually taking an interest in me so what i'm saying is people need to be innovative they have to step out of their bubble step out of the box don't do just go in heads down do your work and do it well how would anybody know you apart from your manager and your director, you've got to be able to interact and network across. If you're in any organization and you want to progress, you have to start doing mini projects outside your department so other people get to know you. And you need to be able to network across the organization. Too many times I see um, members of the BAME community going for lunch and they're all clustered together, the same kind going for lunch. You need to break out of that bubble and get to integrate well with other ethnicities. Have lunch with other people. Broaden your network. Broaden the people you have in your your, uh, sphere of influence. That way, when a role is going in the organization, your name will be dropped by somebody. In most cases, if you find out the growth in organizations are through referrals, So even if you put yourself and apply, sometimes you don't get it because there's already somebody lined up. But if you position yourself rightly, so I used to work in um, TFL and the only way I progressed was I looked for a senior leader there. And I said, look, I want you to mentor me. So I was meeting. And when you have a mentor, you've got to take ownership of that relationship. The mentor is not going to chase you. Get a mentor within the organization, possibly a sponsor, somebody that can create that opportunity for you. So when they hear of opportunity, so it's got to be somebody influential that can put a word in and say, actually, this person does this, does that. I used to volunteer for my mentor. If they're going for a meeting, I'll say, oh, can I just come along? And I think it's about stepping out of your comfort zone and doing beyond your normal job, but being very intentional and strategic about it. What the things you're taking on, always think about why am I doing this? If you think of the why and it sounds reasonable go for it and if it's not you know but always think of the why be intentional that's those are the tips i will give thank you
0: uh just before i go on to the next question you've talked about your mentees the people that you've helped and i know you have a lot of experience in helping people in that journey are there some critical mistakes maybe you give us like three or four or five top five mistakes you see some of your mentees making on their journey to career progression or to career change? What what are the things that commonly people make a mistake in that we can quickly stop them from doing right now?
1: <laughs> I think first of all, they always think that the responsibility lies with their line manager or somebody else for their career progression. Mm-hmm. Number one, you've got to take ownership of your career journey. It's down to the individual. Secondly, most people are not prepared. Opportunities come. They're not prepared for the opportunities. What do I mean? People have CVs that they've not updated for years. A CV should be a living document. Every six months, you should be revisiting it. In your job, there should be an achievement. There should be something you can add to it. Keep your CV as a living document. Secondly, when you get a mentor, don't just name drop. Be in regular contact with your mentor. Just use them as your accountability partner. So you're telling them this is what I'm doing. This It keeps you motivated. It keeps you focused. Stay in touch with your mentor and use them the best way. Thirdly, I feel people get very comfortable in their role and they're not up to date with what's happening in the market. So things are changing. For example, with COVID, yes, it was just thrown on everybody. but there's some industries flourishing. What's happening, what are people doing? Maybe they're IT, you should upskill, you should do things, people don't, they don't just keep abreast about what's happening. In, they don't read journals, they don't, they don't do much reading. They just do the job and they're not really, I'm not saying reading about formal education, I'm just saying, read a journal, I'm an accountant, read Financial Times, read, be, be au fait about what's going on in that industry. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the last one is about recognizing that things are changing. And move ahead of the change. Don't be reactive to a change. Be proactive, so you so that you can be ahead of the curve. Where you need to upskill, upskill yourself, put in the effort. I, I think sometimes people sh, um, shy away of investing in themselves. Yes, I mentioned I've not paid anything, but I've been opportuned to. If people, if I tell somebody I'm mentoring them now, pay me a thousand pounds, they run away but if, if it's a party of some sort, they probably find the money for that outfits and that. And I think it's just parities. Mm-hmm. So people need to get their parity. If you really want progression, career progression, prioritize it. And when I say prioritize it, that means you should have a solid career plan that you're following and you share with your mentor who then holds you accountable to make sure that you're moving along the right lines. So you don't get complacent because with all good intentions, you start a career, you're probably single, then you get married. Other things, other distractions come in. But if you share that plan with somebody like myself who's a mentor or an accountability partner, they will give you a nudge that, I think you've been in that role too long. Have you done this? Have you done that? So those are the things that I have um, shared with my mentees.
0: Thank you very much. You touched on something, times are changing. And they're changing really, really fast yes how for somebody that is now where this is 2020 how do we get to the point where we're almost future-proofing our career we're almost saying what do i need to do such that i'm either still working where i am now but i've made progress or i have made myself so uh, valuable or I've, I've given myself enough skills and knowledge so that no matter what happens in any industry that I'm in, I have enough goods to go somewhere else and still be valuable somewhere else. I've made myself future-proof for want of a better word. So how does somebody go ahead to future-proof their career going forward? I think
1: you've touched on it. I think it's about having varied skills and identifying the key skills. For example, the World Economic Forum, they released 10 skills that people need to have. Some of them is emotional intelligence, being adaptable and being tech savvy, being able to manage people and being able to interact with various people at different levels in an organization. So these are some key skills that they've listed. They listed 10 of them. I can't remember all the 10 from mm-hmm. the top of my head, but if you check the World Economic Forum, now this is a forum where your leading lead thinkers, they gather, your Bill Clintons, your Obama, they go there mm-hmm. and they're saying these are the valuable skills people need. I think those are the things you need to know. You you need to be able to read those sites, identify these are the skills that they're looking for in 2020. Do I have them? If I haven't got them, if you heard what I said initially, skills and experiences like given. If there's a, if you need to be able to, identify, let's take a backtrack. Do an, um, a skills audit of yourself. This is where I am. This is what's required. You need to plug the gap. For some people, the gap would be experience and you might not be able to get that experience in your workplace so you need to find places where you can volunteer i say volunteer because there's loads of non-executive roles um, you can get a, a, a trustee of a small charity or a big charity volunteer on those places because they give you a lot of these strategic skills that we need when i i was a fantastic accountant um always doing the work but I always loved it when I, I always craved for being part of a meeting. You know, those three-hour meetings that the managers go for, you prepare all the reports and you give it to them and they disappear into some lovely rest, um, hotel, having a lovely meal all day, just talking and talking about the reports that I have created. So I always desired to join that. And I kept on applying and, and I wasn't getting through. Even though I was shining in my appraisals, getting above average, outstanding, but they always said, oh, you're almost there. And I used to wonder, what is it that they're doing there? And I realized it was the language I was using. So, for example, I would say, oh, I'm a great team player. They would talk about things like, I'm collaborating with this. It's about understanding the language of the time. So you that's moving with the trend. Now, people are no more talking about, oh, I'll share that email with you. They're saying, I'll socialize that email with you. You've got to mind the language. You've got to talk the language of the people at that cader. And how do you know their language? You have to mingle with them. So I will have nothing wrong with inviting somebody that is a senior colleague, let's go for a tea. Because when you get talking, you pick the language up from there. And I think it's it's all those sort of things that keeps you future-proofing, being cognizant of your environment, what is required now. Nowadays, people don't want somebody that just has a bog-standard skill set. So as an accountant, if that's all you know how to do, um, and we have different aspects of it. So let's say you're a management accountant. You're shortchanging yourself. You need to be able to have some financial account. You, you need to have varied skill sets. As a finance director, I have my Prince two, I have my MBA. I have done quite a few leadership skills. You've got to be, you've got to have a varied skill set. That way your value to that company. And, and when people see that value, you would attract them. And don't stay in one industry for too long because always you'll be labeled and you're limiting yourself. And that comes with having a solid career plan. If you have a solid career plan and invest in yourself, pay the money, get a code, get somebody that can help you look at it in a wider perspective so that you can really strategically place yourself. Some industries are buoyant at the moment. I mean, Netflix, they, they opened... 10 10 million accounts between january and now amazon in one month their turnover went over by 300 percent so there's some buoyant industries at the same time there's some industries that have lost out in this covid and they've actually disappeared that is about following the trends is your industry one that is you know really growing or is it depreciating do you want to wait until they make you redundant there's certain things that people need to do proactively. That's why I believe people need to take ownership of their careers. If you don't know what to do, reach out for help, speak up. And um, and, and that's the way you can be behind the curve. Because obviously, someone like me would have more experience than um somebody else, but there are people that I look up to that equally have more experience. I have a mentor myself. My mentor is my husband, he's quite vast in, in knowledge and in this area. Get somebody that you can brainstorm with and that would enable you to stay um future-proof i mean there's no job for life but i believe that if you've got the right skill set and you're able to talk about them so there's no point you having all these skills and nobody knows about it you've got to be able to talk about what you have you have to be able to be that salesperson of yourself and make yourself visible visibility comes from attending professional networks people then get to know you on linkedin don 't be a silent LinkedIn member. LinkedIn is now the, the the social networking website for professionals drop drop a drop a do, do, even if it's a comment on somebody 's post that way people get to find who is this person that left this comment and they trace you they find out who you are so there are a lot of things that people can do to stay future proof <laughs>
0: Thank you so much as we were talking I had one one final career related related question. Because some of my uh, audience are people that actually want to change. They're now stuck. They want to do something completely different to what they're doing now. How does that person start, um, given that they probably, um, they have some skills that they can transfer, but how do they start looking for the right mentor in the new place that they want to go to? How do they almost can give themselves a head start in that journey of a complete change from whatever they were doing now?
1: I mean, depending, I mean, it's never too late to change, Mm -hmm. but I think it's easier to change if you have skill sets that you can leverage off from. Um, Because I've seen people just wanting, maybe they've been a teacher, they want to go into IT. At the end of the day, most companies still go by experience. And if you haven't got experience in that field, um, you've got to plug that gap. First of all, it's the entry level. You need to have the right skill set and the right experience. Then, after that, um, the in- reset the industry you want to get into, and then you can go on LinkedIn and put that industry in there and see what names pop up. You might get a few no's, and I've got a few no's in my career, but you mustn't give up. Then kindly said politely send them an email and say you'd like to have a catch-up with them. That's one way. On the other hand, you can look on LinkedIn and see if you 've got anybody that is a common friend with them that you, you can then use your friend to ask, "Can you connect me with this, that person?" So I do that for some people whereby people have seen that I'm, I, I have a connection with somebody they want to reach out to, and they would ask me, "Do you know this person?" Then I can drop a word in and make that connection. I think that's more effective if connections are made through referrals. Mm-hmm. So when you do that, but when you sit with the person, don't expect that they're going to tell you exactly what to do. You have to go there with your own kind of thought questions. You have, you've got to have, you, you're going, you, you've got to have, you can't go there and say, okay, I want to work in your industry and say, tell me that you've got to, have to do, so, do your own prep. Why do you want to meet with them? What is it you want to glean from them? Be prepared, have your questions. That will make you valuable because that person, that might be the only meeting you're going to have with them and then have that meeting. And I always say that, look, if it's a job you're looking for, let them know that you're looking for a job. Have your CV ready, that is it's up to date, so that in case they say, oh, there's a vacancy here, which is why I was saying some of the mistakes, whereby people haven't, you know, a CV, if you haven't updated it for a long time, it's a lot of work to now remember all you've been doing. Or if you keep up to date with it, you, you meet with a potential mentor. They say, actually, there's a vacancy here. You immediately give them your CV, you're in the win. Then another thing you can do with those mentors is also to say, "Would you mind me just shadowing? This is no payment, no nothing, because it's an industry that you're—it's new that you want to get into. Ask if they wouldn't mind you shadowing them, and some of them will give you yes. Come in and do that or volunteer. And there are loads of other things that people can do, depending on the industry people want to. I think what most of the things I've seen is people have gone into." um industry changes more so than career changes if it's a career change you might have to do um you might need to do formal education and some valuable resources that people tend to overlook are the lecturers the lecturers make immense you'd be amazed how much they're connected in the industry so when you're doing that education people tend to just focus on let me learn what i'm learning get the good grade and leave and they do not build a relationship with the lecturer for my husband. It was one of his lecturers that created a massive open door for him, and he got a 60% pay rise by the time they connected. He had no experience, but because he was so good in his masters that he was doing, and the way he was able to bring out practical experience, this lecturer was able to put a word in. Found out that there was a vacancy somewhere and said, "I believe he has the potentials." Yes, he hadn't worked. He had. He'd been working. In a particular industry for 14 years mm. stuck on the same um, you know being same same role for 14 years basically and completely different so that was he's a physiotherapist so he was working in patient safety and he now wanted to go into project management completely different to what he was doing And normally people would say in project management, you need this experience. You must evidence that you've led on big projects and things like that. He had none of that. But by virtue that he built a solid relationship with one of his lecturers who saw his potentials, the lecturer advised him that why don't you do your project in this area? So he was able to intentionally choose a project. And that project, he did very well. He got distinction in it. So she, on that, before he got his grading, she had already put a word in for him in a very leading NHS department, and that's how he was able to transition. Mm-hmm. So it can happen that you can move from one area to the other without experience, but you need to have the right network and the right people. And sometimes we're always looking for a mentor, has to be I don't know, I've met some people, and the way they define a mentor, they think They have to go searching and sometimes the person that can help them is right beside them Mm -hmm. and they tend to overlook that so don't overlook anybody you never know where your help can come from Mm
0: -hmm. perfect thank you so much we're about rounding up now but you've talked about so many things and two more questions from me the first one is how can people get in contact with you. If somebody wants to be, how can I be, if I wanted to work with you, um if somebody wanted to contact you, how can they get onto any of your programs, any of the things that you do? I know the first thing is for them to click in onto their onto your website, have a look at the career nuggets um dot TV um website. Um also I would advise anyone listening now, there is a regular program on Sky t- um, 218, is it? No. Or- 193 193 okay um that would be very useful for you to listen to uh, please remind us what time do they show that program
1: again okay so the program is on sky 193 mm-hmm. and it's 5 p.m on thursday 5 p.m on monday 5 p.m on tuesday and on sunday 3 p.m so four okay. times a week Wow, thank you
0: very much. That's, so there's no excuse. You have to be able to catch one of them because I mean, it's literally, and I think there are so many lessons that you can learn from. Other why I particularly like the program, it's not just Marenike speaking. You're get, uh, gleaning experiences from other people. I've listened to a couple of those interviews and they're really very insightful. There's no knowledge lost. Um, so I would really encourage you to go ahead and listen to some of them. But specifically, if somebody wanted to work one-on-one with you or in a group coaching, or what services
1: would you offer? Okay, so I do offer um, career coaching. And the beauty about what I do is I I carry what you see on TV into my coaching. So you don't just get me, you get access to another 15 mentors. They work with me from different spaces of different career, and they're all directors, they're all executive directors, and they're all BME. And we work with individuals over an eight-week program, and what we do is give skills that would make you stand out, will give you insight into things that you can do for an interview to win the interview, interviewer over. We carry, it's a, basically it's an eight-week program. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, you remain part of the Career Nugget community and we monitor your progress as you go on. Um, all you do is a one-off registration fee and then we're there supporting you all the way through. And you can inquire about that by writing, sending an email to info at careernuggets.co.uk. I do three mentoring sessions in a year. I'm currently working on the second one. Well, the last one for this year kicks off in September. So I have an intake in January, another intake in um, June, July, and then the final intake is September. And it's a small group. We don't take more than 15 so that we can give them our best. And um, we work with you on, uh, you have one-to-one sessions and you also have a group. I find the group um, creates a lot of buzz and energy. So um, people tend to, you know, take, they glean energy from each other. Everybody wants to have a success story. So it's, it's very useful. So, but by dropping me an email, also you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, Career Nuggets.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just before we go, we want to find out a couple of things about you uh, on a personal note. Quick fire questions. Um, favorite drink?
1: Coke. What? But uh, Coke. <laughs> <laughs> favorite food? Yam. Favorite holiday destination? Thailand. What book would you like to read? My book. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you. That's it. Oh, bless you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so, so much for coming. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review the episode on Apple Podcasts. It helps other women that need the podcast find it more easily. There are two ways to keep in touch with us. First off, you can connect with us on Instagram at 247girlboss. And the second is why not sign up for our newsletter? and be the first to know about guest giveaways and discounts. Also, you'll get tips and resources to help you build the careers that you love. So see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.